Our scripture lesson this morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13-25. through 25. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourselves. Set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. Like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. For it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. If you invoke as Father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that when you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end for the at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flashes all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. That word is the good news that was announced to you. Now let us pray. Author of life, we thank you for your word, and we ask that as we reflect upon it this morning, your spirit would be with us to transform us in heart, mind, and soul. Amen. This week, we pick up with First Peter once again, right where we left off last week. In fact, our reading today begins, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. We're picking up somewhat mid-thought, so let's just refresh ourselves on how this letter began. Last week, we were informed that we have been given a new birth into a living hope that stems from the resurrection of Christ Jesus. This new birth makes us heirs to the promises of God, the promises of salvation which are imperishable and unfading. However, we are also told that in the short term, we may have to prepare ourselves to suffer various trials for the sake of Christ. Which gets us to therefore. In the long term, you know your salvation. In the short term, you may suffer. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourselves. Set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. 
This is where we really start to get into the meat of this letter, where we are instructed as to how our experience of God's grace ought to be changing the way that we live our lives. When we respond to God's presence in our lives, we are making a commitment that we will allow ourselves to be transformed from who we were into who God desires us to be. The new birth isn't just about our physical resurrection. It is about the resurrection of our spirit as well. In our ignorant state of life, before we awaken to the presence of God, we know nothing other than obedience to the powers and principalities of this world. But in our state of new birth, our eyes are opened, our spirit is awakened, to see that our obedience has been misplaced. As the author of 1 Peter says, If you invoke as Father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. We'll talk more in a couple of weeks about what it means for us to be exiles, but the thing for us to know now is that if we actually believe in the judgment of God, we ought to be on guard with our behavior. How much worse is it for someone to know what is expected of them and still disregard the rules than for someone to break a rule out of ignorance? And I know that it's out of fashion to speak of the fear of God, that many would say you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. And there's truth enough to that. John Wesley wrote in his journal, after a storm crossing the Atlantic Ocean, how so many people on their ship had been in terror for their lives during the storm, but that afterward many of them denied the danger they had felt. He observed, It cannot be that they should obey God from fear, who are deaf to the motives of love. So I know that the knowledge of God's love is the thing that wins hearts. But for those of us who've already been touched by God's love, we are all too aware of the gulf between the image of God that we are called to live into and the brokenness we experience when we rebel against God's reconciling plan. God may spend a lot of time in scripture telling people not to be afraid of the world. But there is also a healthy fear of God throughout the Holy Word. So it's not that the reverent fear of which this letter speaks is a bad thing. It's the natural consequence of new understanding. A child might not have any fear of an oven until they burn themselves. But once they learn that they can burn themselves, the development of a healthy fear prevents them from coming to further harm. It is as obedient children that we are told to prepare ourselves, not according to the way that we behaved in ignorance, but according to the grace of Christ into which we have been reborn. In our ignorance, we may place our hope in a million wrong places. 
We may chase after the comfort of material things. We may seek to numb ourselves to the world through substance abuse. We might lust after the pleasures of the flesh. We might be so proud as to think that with enough money or power, we are capable of saving ourselves. The list goes on and on. These are hard habits to break. Just because we experience the grace of God, just because we commit ourselves to a life in Christ, doesn't mean these temptations go away overnight. This is why we are invited into a life of discipline. We have to form new habits in Christ in order to distance ourselves from the temptation of slipping into our old ways. If we take for granted the empowerment that Christ offers us through the Spirit, if we engage in spiritual sloth, we will not grow as obedient children, but we will remain infants of faith. The possibility of slipping back into our comfortable routines is going to seem a lot more inviting sometimes than the difficult work of following Christ. Therefore, we must discipline ourselves. The more we live the life of faith, the easier the journey becomes. The more that we practice what we preach, the simpler the task becomes the next time we are tested. It can be easy for us to think about discipline and to picture a list of rules or a book, but this isn't the full meaning of what is meant here. Sure, it can help us sometimes to have a specific set of instructions, to be able to come up against a challenge and to say, well, let me pull out the book and see what it says. But the discipline to which we are called by this letter is the discipline of love. The author of 1 Peter says, Now that you have purified your soul by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. Love is the discipline to which we are called. Love is how we demonstrate our obedience to the truth. When we get so caught up in following the letter of the laws that we have put into place, that we fail to consider the spirit of the law of Christ, then we have failed in our obedience to the truth. John Wesley put it this way in a sermon titled Circumcision of the Heart. He writes, Very excellent things are spoken of love. It is the essence, the spirit, the life of all virtue. It is not only the first and great command, but it is all the commands in one. Love is all the commands of God in one. If we need some rules to help us get by, it doesn't get any simpler than that. As I draw to a close, let us remember the context of this instruction. We stand to inherit salvation from God through Christ Jesus. This is a truth that supersedes all other truths. But in the short term, we may suffer. Those powers and principalities that we reject in favor of obedience to Christ 
will not be happy to see us go. These demonic forces will resort to every trick they can to peel us away from God, to drag us into backsliding. So we must prepare ourselves for the struggle that is before us. Not with weapons or with wit, but with the love of God that will outlast any weapon of the enemy. Amen. Please pray with me. Heavenly Parent, teach us how to be your obedient children. Let us know the prayer of our brother Christ, who said in a moment of darkness, Not my will, but yours be done. Fill us with your love so that we might meet whatever comes before us. Strengthen us with reverent fear of your glory. Amen.